Broadcasting from high above the reserve, this is Radio Harambe. everyone and thank you as always for tuning in to Radio Harambe. I'm Dave McBride broadcasting from the Radio Harambe studios and joining me in studio. It's been a little while since we had Safari Mike here. Safari Mike, how are you? Jumbo Dave, how are you? I'm good. Mike has been making lists again. Once again, Mike likes to sit around and make lists. I tell you folks about this. You don't believe me. It's true. He likes to sit around and make lists, especially about the Animal Kingdom. And today he has one. (laughs) That is the 10... Uses of motion, which I, I think we can describe as in the design phase, right? The, the, the motion adds something to the design. To the attraction of, or the, okay. the show or whatever. <laughs> because, Correct. I mean, obviously, we're not, we don't just mean, you know, like the truck moves. Correct. Okay. So it's, it's got a little bit more to it. Motion is part of the design. Mike's going to talk in very flighty kind of artistic terms when he discusses he these is. things. Yeah. All right. But before we get to that list... Mike, there was just a little teensy bit of news this week. Tiffin Talks? <laughs> is that what we're referring to? Well, tell them what that is before we get into the real news. Oh, well, for the Earth Day celebration, you can. Uh, uh, Joe Rohde's giving a talk at uh, Tiffin's. He did this lunch, last year, he, right? Yeah, he did last year. And, uh, you know, goes through the imagineering process and talks to you. and Sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I would agree. I, I, I don't. I, I think it's. Uh, but I don't think that's what you were referring to. It's not what I was referring to. Were you referring to Barudica playing again uh, this evening as we speak? Where are they playing? Uh, Harambe. Why are they? Oh, is it some sort of party? Yeah, it's one of those circle of flavors things. I, I cannot understand why they don't just hire them back. Uh, it can't possibly be a number. Very expensive, Dave. Very it's expensive. not expensive. But Disney's barely. Cutting a profit as we speak. But there might be hope. <laughs> there might be hope. What do you mean hope? Well, you know, one of the witches is dead, Mike, and and the <coughs> other witch might be on to bigger and better things and not have to worry about us little people here in the parks anymore. Is that your take? It's not my take. But let's let's right. let's get to what we're talking about here. Uh this week, kind of unexpectedly, I think, although the seed had been planted on this a little bit, at least. Um, well, how many times has Iger yeah. given a proposed date he's leaving? And right, right, right. Moved it back. And they anyway. all do that. Uh, Iger, uh, Bob Iger, CEO of the Walt Disney Company, uh, stepped down um, as CEO. He will remain on as something. Executive chairman. Yeah, in charge of creativity or something. <clears throat> Whatever. Until 2021. So the least creative sometime. person they've ever had in that position. But um, apparently he doesn't think that. And stepping into his place, oh boy, is the guy the who's worst. what is Bob Chapik, the man who is in charge of parks and resorts. He's worse um, than even I. And what, what what is his? What was he vice president of yes. par- parks and okay? 
So here is Bob Chapik. Um, for those of you who are unfamiliar, uh, Chapik has been in charge of the parks and resorts for the last few years. Prior to that, he was in charge of consumer products. Yes, he is a uh, product guy. Um, he was in brand management and advertising for Heinz Ketchup before going to Disney. Yeah, he has he has a real resume for being <laughs> the head of probably a the most important process. creative company uh, in the world. Uh, it is stu- it's not stunning to me that this that a guy with that kind of background and a guy who you know th- that he would be hired. Um, they basically go by who the CEO who they've paid hundreds of millions of dollars to over the years mm-hmm. uh, recommends. That's the way it's been. I mean, that's why Iger's there. I mean, Eisner pretty much said, here's my guy. He was Eisner's right-hand man. He was Eisner's pick. Absolutely. Um, You know, obviously that's not how Eisner got his job, but that was in more tumultuous times. That's a little Uh, bit of a difference. Yes. (laughs) Eisner was, uh, or uh, Eisner came in during, uh, you know, a potential takeover of the company and uh, and all sorts of craziness. Uh, And he was brought in under these, you know, with uh, Roy Disney going with a Save Disney campaign and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so Chapik becomes the CEO. Uh, again, it's a very strange pick on the outside looking in. It's probably not a strange pick on the inside, right? I guess mm-hmm. we could say. Um, but I was stunned by the, uh, maybe I shouldn't have been stunned, by the universal negativity <laughs> of this man's selection for well, this he's job. he's disliked a lot more than Iger is. I mean, I did not realize that we were not the only ones who just truly disliked this man. I thought I thought that we was sort of half and half. You know, I always think and there's got to be some pixie dusters out there who think, boy, it's great, and the parks are wonderful, and everything's fabulous. Well, I'm sure there are a few of those, but... But yeah, I didn't see any of them. I mean, they were just drowned out by this chorus of people who were just uh, floored that somebody who they were hoping would soon be fired from his position... <laughs> Well, I mean, you have the pixie dusters. <laughs> then become dusters. the most important person in the entire company. You have the pixie dusters who think everything Disney does is gold. I mean, they're the kinds of people who say when they raise the ticket prices, well, they're just going to build more better stuff. Right. Then you have the people who think anything that has occurred in the park since Walt died is trash. Right. And is garbage, and you shouldn't even bother recognizing it as Disney. And then you have the independents. Just like in the political parties. That, that's, <clears throat> and most of the independents... And that's us. ...are essentially. anti-Chapik. Most of them. Okay. Uh, so just so you, I think there are a few pixie ducks out there who are like, oh, good. Yeah. Well, I mean, like Disney Mike said, do anything wrong. Jacob started working for uh, Heinz Company in brand management, uh, uh, advertising. He was, in, he was in advertising for a while. Uh, then he joined Disney in 1993 at uh, with the Buena Vista... Uh, home Entertainment, which at the time, I guess, was the VHS unit. Yes, he's um, the one that put out all those VHS tapes. He became the unit president. Now, let's go back to that. How many people didn't care for all the VHS tapes? Like the stupid di- direct-to-video things and all that stuff. <laughs> um, in 2006, he was uh, promoted to the president worldwide of Home Video Arm until, I guess, Home Video kind of collapsed. Uh, so he did a great job there. Uh, in 2009, he was... Uh, just two years as president of distribution at Walt Disney, uh, and Who then cares? we know where he went from there, consumer products, and then to uh, parks and um, resorts. 
Uh, so he's been Correct, in the he was co- charge of the crappy merchandise <clears throat> and then parks and resorts. So he knows he took where over the, for Stags when Stags got the boot. Right. So he knows where the bodies are buried. He's been in the company for a long, 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 long time, um, and uh, w- which is rare for company for executives at that level. Uh, usually they go other places to get their promotions, uh, but he's worked his way all the way up. Uh, we all personally know how much I dislike the man's style. Uh, the way he talks to people and the way he talks to us really just rubs me the wrong way. I just cannot. He's a doof. Yeah, I can't stand him. I, 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 did, no, I don't I, like him either. I don't know him personally, so I'm certainly not casting aspersions on his personal life. Uh, but what I do know is in the time that he's been in parks and resorts, which has not been that long, uh, he has seen, uh, he has overseen um, not very many good decisions. I mean, they're just, they're just the fact. Right. <laughs> it's just not very many good decisions. A lot of cutting here and there. A lot of bad ideas. Um, so, you know, I, I, as I said at the top, I think the good, if you want, if you really want to make yourself feel better today, and you're a parks guy like me, <clears throat> and you're not, listen, I, I'm not a, I'm, the Disney company at large is not something that I am, um, you know, all that, uh, enamored with anymore to begin with, if that makes any sense. I haven't seen a lot of Disney movies recently that I love and all this kind of stuff. So the, I, I, my care really, Disney, my love really is for the parks um, and the legacy of the company. Okay. So getting him out of the parks might not be so bad. Well, he's still in charge of the guy who would be in charge of the parks. Sure he I mean, is. He's be in Iger's sure position. he is. But let's take Buradika, for example. I don't think that gets up to the CEO under no, any had, circumstances. No, I had nothing to do I mean, that probably just barely made it up to Chapik. Uh, probably more like Chapik just sort of gave a blanket, you need to cut these things Yeah, it's from probably the more the whoever's, in, I don't remember who's the, <clears throat> yeah, president, the president of the, of the, animal, of the animal, kingdom, animal Kingdom. I forget who it is. Was told by Chapik he had to cut a certain amount of yeah, this entertainment bleeding budget. Bleeding money. Yeah, because yeah, they're bleeding, right. <laughs> barely surviving. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mike, uh, what do you think before we move on to your ten things of motion? I, I know we we you you've coined the phrase the evil bobs. Yes. So now it's I guess it's just the evil Bob. Evil Bob. Yeah, just the evil Bob now. Uh, well, I mean, at least until well, I, <sighs> Bob Iger's still there. Could this be for at least another year? Could could this be like a rebound guy? Like we're going to put him in there uh, until we find somebody we really want or, or do you really think that this board thinks that of all the executives, creative executives for the biggest creative company in the, in the world, that Bob Chapik was the best guy for that? I think it's more of like <coughs> going back to politics for a minute. You have a president who's fantastic. Runs away with two year, you know, two nominations in a row. Everybody loves him. And his vice president is going to get in no matter what, even if he's a doof. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and that's where we are, huh? I think I think the shareholders, the people in charge, love Iger, and Made for them a all lot of, money. of Iger's faults with regards to the parks, you can't criticize. That he has made Disney a lot a ton, of money. A ton of money. Yep. The buying of Pixar, the buying of Marvel, the buying of Star Wars. Oh, it's a ton of money, Mike. A ton There's of no, money. No, way to, no other way to put it. So Iger has that cachet, and he could basically do no wrong at this point. Uh, you know, <clears throat> the shareholders don't care about cutting Burdika or Right, or right. No, 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 no. They're no. right. 
or about cutting jobs they, or they cutting back on, on operating hours of rides sure, or turning sure. rides into seasonal, seasonal rides. And sure. the list goes on and on and on. They don't care about capacity. They don't care about any of that stuff. No, they don't care about lines not you know being too right. long and apps not working and that shareholders right. don't care right. about right. any of right. that stuff. The that fact money's that my been Disney spent. experience is a billion-dollar bust is not uh, – No, that money's been spent. That, <clears> that money's, money's no longer he, affecting in, their in bottom overall, line. Overall, he has made them a ton of cash. ton of cash. ton of cash. Uh, and to Bob Iger's credit, he made very some very smart decisions, like repairing the relationship with Pixar and buying them outright, like buying Marvel, like buying Star Wars, like right. doing all that kind of stuff. Right. He made smart moves, going into you know uh, the China parks and all that kind of stuff. Well, I don't know. Those have been pretty well. Yeah. Those have done pretty well. Short term. <clears throat> uh, yeah, yeah. We're all talking short term. I don't know if Bob Chapek has the wherewithal. To make a decision like buying Marvel, I don't think he's that smart. He's an ad guy from a ketchup company. He's an ad guy from a ketchup company. Iger had better street cred walking into the to the position. I right. think uh, he was in the entertainment business, for example, before he jumped on Disney. I don't remember where, but I'm pretty sure he was in the entertainment business beforehand. Uh, ABC. Oh, that's right. Thank you. That's right. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. So uh, you know, he had some entertainment cachet. He was not. In uh, advertising exec for a ketchup company, right? Um, no, for for, <laughs> for since the seventies, from the seventies, I think Iger was part of. Um, well, he may have been hired in a small role, but he was he worked for ABC. Uh, he was the head of ABC probably late eighties before right. they were requ- acquired by Disney. Right, um, it was that acquisition that got him into that like got a, him in, a, right. a, a, a Prominent role in Disney. Which circle. happened a few years later or whatever. Right. Yeah, like in the in the mid mid to late nineties or something right, like right, that. Right. And he was 80s. with Eisner for his sort of the end of his but anyway. But he had a creative creative process resume. He was involved in that, right? He had a creative resume of, of television helping, right. and entertainment. And turning kind of ABC not, around. Bob does not. Right. Chapik has Chapik not turned not, excuse me. Chapik has turned nothing around. Evil Bob number two has not has none of that cachet. Yeah, I mean Chap uh, Iger was thought of as the guy who sort of revitalized ABC. Right. Give him so, credit for that. Right. And uh, and like I said, you got to give him credit for some of the decisions he's made from the entertainment point of view of Disney. Right. Um, maybe not so much the parks, although he's made some, I mean, there's been some good things with the parks. I'm not going to say there hasn't. <clears throat> um, I mean, most of our criticism is geared towards this IP stuff, but forget that for a moment. Um, Bob Chapik is going to just be, I don't know how to, how to put this. <laughs> <laughs> I can I bleep, just Mike. Don't I don't see the creative aspect here. I don't see any creativity for somebody in no. charge of an entertainment conglomerate. The and I'll say it for about the fifth time: the single most important creative company on the planet. Disney is the pusher of, or used to be, right? The 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 hub of creativity in in American media. Right. You know, to put it that way. And for all of our criticisms of the parks over the last few years, and it's not, and we haven't been completely critical of everything. No, no. Some stuff we like, some stuff we don't. Sure. From an entertainment point of view, I mean, Marvel has been a smash success, and many of the movies are fantastic. Right. And that was I. And they let Kevin Feige, you know, basically run that, you know, Bob uh, 
Bob Iger, Evil Bob Number One, made the right decision in putting Kevin Feige in charge of that. So, Feige, excuse so, me. Feige, yeah. So, so this is what Iger was all about, right? And ABC, he found the creative people sure. to make the shows make the right and to bring it up and to and to do all that. That was what that's what Iger was all about. That's John why when Favreau Iger Favreau in charge of the yeah. Mandalorian, and that's when so when Iger came smart to smart people and smart right. right. So when Iger came to Disney, he brought those sort of things with him. I, I, I we we personally criticize him for not allowing. Disney's own creative people to be creative and instead flushing money down these Star Wars Toy Story yeah, down, down these you know turn, turning everything into an intellectual property right. and and acquiring all these things which were, were good acquisitions I mean it's it's perfectly fine for the company I, I, as a yeah, whole absolutely fine. yeah yeah but it pushed it too much I think on the creative arms of Disney and made them uh, less important than they really should be for the legacy of the company there are four there's basically four eras of Disney. There's the, uh, when you talk about the CEO, there's the Walt era. Sure. There's the Eisner era. Uh-huh. The era in between, which was Walt's brother, uh, son-in-law, uh, and I think other people, but I've got to get all that straight, but <laughs> the Ron Miller era. Sure. And then there is the Iger era. If you look at everything before Iger, Every one of those people, including Ron Miller and his and his regime, uh, I mean, they created Epcot, right? Um, you know, they may have they may have failed in the movie end, and that's what eventually hurt them. But they created Epcot. Mm-hmm. So, Iger never created anything anywhere near, in my mind, as lasting as Epcot. No, and Eisner the Disney, was behind for, Hollywood Studios and Animal Kingdom and Euro Disney. And all Eisner that was too. behind all of what you all see. All the resorts. Here, right, right. And he turned right. it into a destination. Yeah. I mean, Iger never created, considering he was supposedly a creative mind, he never really created anything or shepherded the creation of anything really all that new and enduring. For the like, parks. For, for anything. I mean, Epcot is a great legacy of, of Disney. Okay. Um. Eisner has an incredible long list of legacies of Disney from movies and all these kind of things. Sure. Um, Iger really doesn't have that, I guess, with the exception of maybe Frozen. I mean, I, I can't really think of, and that's just the movie that he happened to, to green light. Right. Uh, you I know, mean, Miller was in, Miller would oversee. Yeah, but the difference between movies and parks is that the the CEO oversees the building of that thing. I mean that right. is that that brings the company to a halt essentially and that's becomes the focus of what they do. I guess Iger's going to hang his hat on Pandora and these things but again Galaxy's they're not edge. these aren't creative things that he created. These are intellectual properties that he purchased and then integrated into what he cool already had existing. Right. Um when at least you know when Walton and 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 Eisner created other things and did other things. Right. There's no Epcot under Iger. There's no Expedition Everest even under Iger. And Iger is 10 times more creative than Chapik is. <laughs> the advertising executive from a ketchup company. From a ketchup company. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you put, put that out, which was probably about 30 years ago. He was the advertising executive. <laughs> yeah. So I think, um, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a difficult day. I mean, if you're a fan of the company, and I don't really care if the company makes money or not. I'll be flat honest with you. I'm not. A I don't have shares. I don't. Ha- I have a share. Um, oh, do you really? I do. It's hanging on the wall somewhere. Um, I don't really care if the if the company makes any money or not. That means nothing to me. The more popular the company gets, the more expensive my tickets are. 
Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so I'm not really. I really. Well, that's one thing Iger is probably well known for. The ticket prices have gone. That is an incredible way legacy. above inflation. Yeah, I mean, I think Iger's. You know, Iger's legacy is going to be how expensive it got. Uh, intellectual properties taking over for Disney's own creativity, right? And a million dollar, a billion dollar bomb in my Disney experience. I mean, I think in the long term, that's going to be more important than a couple of movies that people liked. Those things are going to be right. more of a legacy than a couple of movies people like. And and he has the legacy of making a lot of money for shareholders, which means diddly squat to the person walking in the door at the Magic sure. Kingdom this morning. Sure. You know, and, and I have to keep that in in, 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 in perspective. I mean, people are going to come at me constantly with how much money he made. I don't give a crap how much money he made. It doesn't make any difference to me. Just if that's like trying to tell me that I should like a Taylor Swift album because of how many Grammys it won and how many copies it sold. Make any difference to me. I don't care. What I care about is what I like and what I want. And I think <laughs> and that's what I'm speaking for here. And Iger simply wasn't good for that. And I think Chapik is gonna be a disaster. Worse. Worse. Yeah. A disaster. I think the 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 highlights of the Disney, the the entertainment section of Disney could take a hit. Big hit. Because he's Big all time. he's all, only care about money. You'll see projects cut and all that kind of stuff because he is going to be desperate to keep the share prices high so he doesn't lose his job. Right. And that's what he's going to have to do. So he's not going to take any chances, no risks. And this company is all about risks. That's what the, all they've ever done. You know, n- n- no, no theme park had 14 hotels sitting around until Eisner came around and said, this right. is what we need to do. I mean, people and, and, and invested a lot of money and risked his neck on it. You know, I mean, they, that's the kind of thing that's going to happen. I don't think Chapek will do that. So I think the in the end, uh, the best we can hope for here is that Bob, evil Bob number two crashes and burns, <laughs> goes back to Heinz. Heinz? Uh, <laughs> and uh, they hire a fresh voice, a fresh, uh, you know, a fresh uh, voice or, yeah. you know, a fresh face yeah whatever, a create a real creative exactly yeah, go a different direction right yeah. right that's hopefully what happens maybe joe roadie <laughs> maybe he becomes chairman of the parks oh Bob's. god please they'll never do that for See, an that's that's they will what never do no, that with imagineer they'll that, put the guy that, in charge of uh that is for a gift bean counter in yep. charge of uh in charge of the parks they won't put somebody who has a creative that is not process. F- right that is no long those kind of things are no longer for creative people they are for mbas Right, Those people, things. you know, the director of or the, you know, uh, counter service right. restaurants all of a sudden is now director of the parks. Right. So is that it? That's it. Okay. Sick and tired of talking about evil bobs. So as I promised you, we got another list from Mike. It's not the top 10 reasons why Bob Chapek sucks. No, it's not. It oh, is, that's next week. We're going to talk <laughs> Animal Kingdom now. The top 10 uses of motion. Well, we've done uses of color. Uses of water, uses of sound, I believe. So now it's time for top 10 uses of motion. And like you said at the beginning, this is not just... Was I here for any of those shows? Yes. Kilimanjaro is driving, you know, safari truck driving. It's a specific kind of helping tell the story, set the Working the motion into the aesthetic. Yes, that's a good way of putting it. Working the motion... Into the aesthetic. So that our guests can f- experience the movie. No, sorry. It becomes part of the storytelling. I'm, I'm, I'm channeling my chapek. Is that okay. artistic enough for you? Uh, it is. is I like it. Okay. So let's have at it. Number 10. Now, yes. we have to ask. Yes. Is this in ranked order or just 10? Ranked order, sir. So so you're telling me what this, this is. This is a top 10 This was order. a very scientific poll you took? Uh, by poll, if you mean 
jotting them down on a piece of paper and then putting them in order. And then, and then, <laughs> and maybe asking a certain somebody's uh, input and thoughts on what she thought would be in the top ten. I think. Uh, and I am not one of the certain someones, by the way, folks. No, I could care so, less what you so, think anymore. So that means I am going to <laughs> lob hand grenades at this baby. I could care less what you think. <laughs> okay, so let's have that. Number 10. Uh, the bumpiness on dinosaur to make it seem like rough terrain. Now, the dinosaur ride does not go very fast. No, it doesn't go fast so at all. So in order to uh, make you feel like you're going fast and tell the story of driving through mud and getting stuck in the dirt and being chased by a the, the carnosaur... Uh, they use a lot of motion in terms of b- moving the car around, bumping it around, simulating it, simulating all those things, and that becomes right. part of the story. It becomes I, a thrill ride, even though it doesn't go fast at all. I Not only do I agree with this one, I think you way underrated at number 10. It's right. much bigger important because they're manipulating motion to... In just the way we described it, to mm-hmm. tell the story. So you're like Mike said, you're not moving fast at all. But it's the side to side motion and the quick acceleration and the ups and downs that make you feel as though they're there. You are moving fast. So it's it's it is the quintessential manipulation of motion for the purpose of a story. Um, and I think that's the, again the the fact that the two of you sat down and thought that was number ten. Well, that's really my list. <laughs> it's insane. It's insane because it should be maybe number two. Two. When I look at, or maybe three when I look at it here. No, it definitely can't be in the top four. Oh, it's absolutely in the top four. No, but we'll no, get no, to no, those no. four. No, yes. no, no. You're Folks, right. keep this in mind. I'll give you like the next couple that could have overpassed. Now, the rest of them that Mike's going to say up until about number th- three or so, or up until number four or five or so. Uh, you're going to say obviously this was more important than that. It's going to I'm going to have to argue about the rest of them, but uh, yeah, I think this is probably number two, maybe number three. But go ahead. No, we're completely wrong. So uh, number I'm nine. Hopefully wrong. we get this show out soon because Evil Bob number two could be putting these people on the axe at any moment. Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. But number nine, I have the acrobats of Harambe. The oh. way they move around the stage and the the are fantastic. They are unbelievable. Uh, it's a joy to watch. And uh, the motion that they use is fantastic. Well, and obviously, they're entirely about motion. So any kind of uh, theme or anything they're trying to portray is really based on motion. Um, However, uh, I think for sure the bumpiness on the dinosaur (laughs) ride is more of a use of it in an aesthetic design aspect. The acrobats are, let's face it, hired to to, to do this. It's not a design aspect. But... I understand. I like what they do. Uh, unfortunately, they're one of the few things left to give you the atmosphere of Harambe uh, now that they've taken the music away. Harambe has become a ghost town at night now again, which it hadn't been for a long time. But Okay. Oh, you're depressing everybody, Diff. But it's true. Number eight. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't love I like this one. a train? <clears throat> I like this one. When the train goes through Harambe Market, it really gives you the feel of being far away uh, in a place such as Harambe. Yeah, go sit in the back by the bicycle. Right by the train. Yeah. Absolutely. All the way mm-hmm. towards the back by the fence, by all the, yeah. little, like, the pretend market there. It's awesome. And you get the train whizzing by. It really gives you that motion of the train going through the town makes you feel like you're someplace else. And I agree with this one entirely. Um, but what's really cool about this from a design aspect is that they incorporated something that was already there. So... Joe Rohde saw this train 
and and said we need to use that. <laughs> I mean, you know, he had already designed the train, uh, and he and he always used the sound of the whistle of the train to be part of the um, atmosphere of Harambe, even before they built the market. Mm-hmm. He made he because if you notice, it whistles it comes comes around the corner. So sure. no matter where you are in Harambe, you hear that whistle Absolutely. coming through, and that gives you that genuine feel of being in a in a village. Um, so he just added to that by making it a visual thing, and you see the top and the smoke go by. It's terrific. I, that that's a great one. Um, I would have put that higher up on the list. All right. Uh, certainly would have put it over the next one, but we'll get into that in a second. Go ahead. Well, the next one yeah. we're going to stay in Harambe mm-hmm. three in a row. Actually, go to the theater district. Going over to the theater district. I will tell you, few things uh, give me goosebumps in a theme park. One of them is that moment when the uh, two dancers and a festival of the Lion King and the ballerina goes spinning up in the air just as they hit the 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 verse or the of uh, can you feel the love tonight and she's spinning around in the air she really gives the sense of bird like uh, a feel to it and I think that's a phenomenal part of festival of the Lion King and like I said I don't really I'm not really all that sentimental I don't cry at stuff oh yes you do yeah, I do not. You do, but too. I get a little bit of a goosebump at that point in time. You do that in the end of an American Adventure. Oh yeah, that's a, a good one. I haven't a little seen, bit of a goosebump. You know, I haven't seen that in a while because my kid won't sit through it. But um, maybe we should do top ten <clears throat> goosebump moments. Yeah, we could do that. <laughs> uh, but uh, this is a good one. Uh, um, I think you can make an argument for motion being used in many aspects of this show. Um, I didn't want to do like five things from Festival of the Lion right. King, so I picked my my favorite one from that. Is that your phone going? Yeah, I don't out? know why that did that. For the Sorry. love of my God, apologies. I shut it off. Get that. Edit that out. Um, I can't edit that out because you talk through it, so you get to hear Mike's phone. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, so what I was saying was there's a couple of different things. It's a couple of uses of motion. I I think that when you pick one, um, that's certainly the most awe inspiring. Um, but there's so many awe-inspiring uses of motion. For instance, the tumble monkeys. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Like I said, you could have previously put three or four in here, but I wanted yeah. to just pick one. I the didn't fire. Want, I didn't want like five things in the. Uh, the fire during the scar scene from the from the <clears throat> right. Polynesian fire guy is hypnotic. Sure, absolutely. I mean, and it's the motion of it that does it, and it that that motion of that really sets the sort of eerie feel that you want from that section. Uh, but yeah, I think if I'm picking them all. Um, the the birds is probably the one that uses motion most to its advantage. Now the next one, Dave. Yeah, I will actually concede the point where I could absolutely switch ten and five. I could see me moving up dinosaur to five and pushing this one down to well, ten. Well, what you would have to do is move dinosaur up to five and then everything else down a notch. That's fine. Well, whatever you know what I mean. But the so I've already got dinosaur up to five. Of the Cali River Rapids is number six five. Six. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Number six. Sorry. 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 So number I already six. got you convinced that that should be up to number six. So I'm only a couple off from being the top four. Um, the splashing currents. So motion, right? And what you would call sort of natural motion mm-hmm. is the entire basis of this ride. Sure. Now, it's so, the entire basis of every log flume the, ride ever made. But it's, well, it's not a log flume. Well, you know what I mean. It's a river rapid river, ride. Yeah, and that's this, number one. So, no, but this is obviously there's no probably flume. There's no log. <laughs> right. So this is obviously the, the 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 ride in all of the animal kingdom that really uses motion 
to set the tone. And it also tells the story. The story being they are cutting down the rainforest, which contributes to runoff water, which contributes to, you know, fast currents and, you know, wreckage of the environment in many ways. One of them being floods and and that kind of stuff. Well, that's very So it's telling the story of by making it a river rapid, and obviously it's because they wanted a river rapid ride, but to make it a river rapid, they are telling a story by using that motion. Okay. I like it. All right. I, I mean, I think that's a great one. I, I would have put that, again, this is another one that I, because motion is basically the the the, the, the moving factor <laughs> sure. in all this, uh, That's that would have been high on, on my list. Okay. So, so far your list is bad, but not tragic. <laughs> but it's going to get there. Go ahead. Tragic? Yeah, it's going to get there. You're yeah, crazy. Yeah. Well, I, Number see. five is the rickety bridge on Kilimanjaro safaris. When it's working, because so, sometimes they don't even use it. Okay. Um, when you get to that part where, you know, the bridge is, yes. appears to be falling down, and they move you around to make it feel like the bridge is actually falling apart, it's, again, part of the storytelling that this is a, you know, an actual safari where sometimes the roads might not be up to a Florida code, as they say. <laughs> 20 years ago, this would have been a great addition, and this would have been put right where it belongs in sort of the top five of use of motion. But because because it, it is, because it is, it was the part where they used motion to tell the story of what a safari through the bush is really all sure. about. Um, but it's hardly ever there anymore. They do use it occasionally. I've been very, out there recently where they very used it. seldom. So that's why I kept it on the very, list. Very, very seldom. Completely gone. In the last five years, I've probably been on the safari ride twenty times in the last five years, if not more than that. Probably sure. more than that. Sure. Because um, that's only four a year. So <laughs> probably forty times. Okay. Uh, I uh, I can probably count on one hand how many times it worked in that time. That could be true. Uh, so it's just hard to put it on the list now because most people, most of you folks who are hearing this, if you haven't been on the safari ride, you're not going to experience this uh, because I guess we just can't afford to make it work all the time. I don't know. Um, Bob can't afford con- reconstruction. Bob or, can't uh, afford to it. fix it or run it, so he's going to shut it off now and again to cut some costs. I, I have no oh, by idea. the way, going back to Evil Bob, if you think for one minute. <laughs> That Evil Bob number two is going to approve millions of dollars to fix the Yeti. You're crazy. You're crazy. Absolutely crazy. Out of your mind. You're out of your mind. The only way he does that is if you make it a Star Wars ride. <clears throat> no. <laughs> the only way he does that is if he does it in the very beginning to make a splash to try to get the He's fans on his side. It. Like, let's say, because it is very it. possible that the. Um, marketing people and the public relations people involved in Disney see what you, the fans, have basically responded to this. Um, you think any of them went up to Bob and say, everybody thinks you're a tool? Yes. All right. Uh, no, not not in those words, but <laughs> but essentially, yes. So okay. I right. think that um, you know the idea of coming out of the gate with some sort of fan service is certainly makes a lot of sense. And that would be one of those things. That would be perfect fan service to say, I'm not only behind our creative team, but I want to fix that Yeti. You know, I mean, that's, that's right. Uh, of all the things at the at Disney's at the Disney theme parks <laughs> that you could say that about to say, I'm going to do something for the fans that really is going to make us any money. 
that's just going to be me being a good steward of the parks and loving Walt and yada, 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 is to put his arm around Joe Rohde and say, uh, we're going to fix the Yeti. I disagree. Something like that. Uh, I, I, could, I, I agree I could, with you. I could see that. I, I, I'm just. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just right. saying I could see why it would. I could. I agree with you that that would help his image with the populace in general. Yeah, but I think it's beyond his DNA. It's never going to happen. Yeah, it never ever. I agree. Okay. You can forget the Yeti. I know. I understand. It's a statue I, from the you. rest of for the rest of I'm our lives, you. if it's even still there. Until they tear it down for a Star Wars, right? It'll be Chewbacca soon. Right. Uh, now. We get to number four. Now I will tell you, it'll be a rancor. Five through ten, whatever that white thing. If you want to put five hoth. through ten in any order that you please, I'm fine with that. You want to move those things around? <clears throat> well, first of all, number four is coming right out. So <clears throat> five through ten were a separate level to me than one through four. One through four were a clear one through four for me. I'm sorry, not four. Four is staying in. Three is coming right out. Oh, you're crazy. And two is coming out. Uh, <coughs> oh, you're crazy. You're crazy. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're go absolutely ahead. crazy. No, no, no. I'm not. Number crazy. four. Is the macaws that fly right over your head in Winged Encounter. So if you go up Amazing. to the front of the show where they're holding the big poles, mm -hmm. I recommend you go up there because then the winged the, the macaws will buzz your head. You'll feel them flying <laughs> over you. Not just seeing the motion, which is a real treat. That's oh, incredible. Um, but just the, the, seeing a flock of macaws flying around the Tree of Life in motion around the Tree of incredible. Life. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um and this is one of those things where they, the motion, the sense of motion, is what drives the whole point home. If what we're trying to do here is get you to connect with these birds and their plight and their majesty and how we need to keep them and save them and conserve them, uh, this is the point that brings it home for sure. Yeah. This, this close encounter. Absolutely. I, I would probably put this in my list at maybe number three or two. Number three, you beat the my number three, which is a phenomenal use. Of okay, motion. so let's go into your number three, which I think is the stupid one, and probably should be down more like nine or eight, but uh, or off the list entirely. No, um, yeah, yeah, probably. I don't think I would use this particular motion. Go ahead, tell her what it is. <laughs> tell her. Sorry what it is. for my cough. Yeah, um, I apologize. We both have it, so yeah, it's not the coronavirus. So it's, it's uh, okay. We don't need to dis <laughs> number three. We are going to Avatar Land, and we are going to do the breathing banshees. Yeah. When the feel of the banshees breathing between your legs, and you can feel them move, you know, breathing, is an incredible use oh, come of on. motion. Absolutely blah, incredible blah. to the storytelling. It no. makes you feel like you're on a banshee. It makes you feel like you're on a stationary bike where some whoopee cushion is blowing on your arms. You, or your legs, I mean. That's you are incorrect, sir. That's what it feels like. There's other uses of motion, use motion. The banking use of the bikes, because they are essentially stationary bikes, um, are you know is good. I would put this. I would certainly use the motion of these vehicles to use that phrase um, on this list because you need the motion in order to make it kind of take that next step beyond just being a virtual reality game um but i, I, I just don't i just don't think it's all that all impressive right. i mean you're, you're sitting I on a banshee it's an obvious thing well, no it's not i mean it's not a technological achievement but it is a use <laughs> of motion that helps tell the story i'm gonna put a twitter this ride up. doesn't tell a story uh of course it does it does not of course it does it, does it makes not. you feel like you're on a banshee a breathing actual that's animal. not a that's story 
That's the story it of the ride. It doesn't tell a story. There's no... Oh, get out of here. It helps tell the story. It's not a story in and of itself, but no, of it helps not. set the story. But my point is, there is no story. It doesn't help set a story. All I do is get on this thing and fly around. About? It's like being on a roller coaster. There's a story to the whole ride. Now, you might not like it, and that's fine by me. It's uh, totally lost on me, for one thing. You are an avatar and are going to be on a banshee flying around Pandora. I, I mean, understand what? that, but but the story is that you're, they're creating this as a a, a way of cons- conservation and making you feel a part of the environment. And there's this whole don't you would you sleep during the beginning when they're yes. giving you this? Yes, <sighs> it's ridiculous. Um, I'm going to put a poll up on Twitter. Is the breathing <laughs> banshee one of the top? Three uses of motion in Animal Kingdom, yes or no? The answer is no, because we'll the three uses I'll wait of till the show comes out. Yes, but I'm because the three uses of motion that should be in the top three, I'm going to get to those in a second. So let's move on. Do you have a top this. three that you're going to? Uh, uh, well, I, I, that's I will the problem re- with these lists. You don't make one, right? I make them, and you just critique them. That's the fun part. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's move on. Number two, yes, you can't possibly disagree. Of course, with I can. number two, of course I can. Number two is the ball that rolls under your butt. Not a in ball. Bugs or well, whatever it is. Bugs. It's not a ball. Well, whatever. It's, it's a feeling of a, a motion. But on it's your... not motion. It's being the. It's, of course, it's motion. No, it's not. It's just like little round the things bugs, poking uh, you. That make it feel like the bugs are walking underneath you. In tough to be a bug. That when that is, first when I first went on that attraction, back in oh, I love it, it. Yeah. sixteen fifty or whatever it was sixteen. Um, <laughs> when that happened for the first time, and I, I felt that, I could tell you, I thought, what a neat, what a cool idea! It's great, it's great. I can't believe I used the term neat. Neat, I am neat not was fun. from 1965. Yeah. Yeah, I sure swear to God, um, it's well, but close. Um, it's, <laughs> I, uh, I just, I, I just don't think it really fits in the idea of using motion in the same aspect as. One would use motion to fly a bird over your head or to spin around. Of course, it's, it's motion. Not, it's not really motion. Well, what it's, is it then? It's if more it's not just motion. it's sensory. It's it's touch. It's a, yeah, but it's the feel of the ball underneath. The, the, that yeah, but rolls. it's not the use of motion. You don't of course, feel, it is. You don't feel like you're moving, or no, that the world around you is moving. You don't feel like you're moving, moving, but there's movement. You don't feel like you're moving when the train passed by it's Harambe either. But it's movement that tells the story. Thing to add to this story. To this clearly, story. number two, maybe three. If you want to switch the breathing, bitch, it shouldn't even be on. It's but in the, it's in the top four. It's easy. not. It shouldn't even be on. But your number one. The number one was easy for me. Um, that is. After the Yeti rips up the track and you start going backwards and up, it is a number one thrilling That's that you amazing. don't really get on yeah. uh, too many roller coasters. And number two tells, tells the story of the, you know, the Yeti ripping up the track and you going backwards and falling and all that kind of stuff. So it helps, contributes to the story as well as being just an awesome part of the roller coaster. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it takes your breath away. Yeah, it's really cool. Everybody screams and laughs yeah. during that part of the uh, the, uh, the the ride. It's and great. by the time you go through the G-force of it, and you turn around and you head straight down into the Yeti, you're good and disturbed. Like, it, right. it, it there's a lot of... The, this motion has given you a lot of emotion. <laughs> For a first-time rider. I mean, For your first-time rider, yeah. Even now, time, now so. the, the, the G-force well, of going backwards really yeah, still fun. takes your it's breath fun. away. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So I would absolutely say that's the number one use of motion. I would say the number two would be the bumpiness in the dinosaur ride. It's that definitely the best manipulation 
of motion being okay. used. I would say number three would be the macaws going over your head. Again, giving you that using motion to make that personal connection between you and your um, you and the subject. Number four would be the train in Harambe. I think the train, the sound of the train, the look of the train is sort of the the the, the icing on the cake and making you feel like you are in a truly um, great, <laughs> you know, a, a, a truly different place. You are immersed. They like they, they the company likes to use this word immersing you into things, um, and it's seldomly ever true anymore. But this in Harambe, it really is. When you walk into Harambe, you feel like you're in a different place. And that train coming past it is really sort of the the icing on the cake and all of that. And I would say the fifth thing that is a good motion use of motion that I would put in the top five would be the um, uh, use of the water and the splashing currents to tell the story in Cali River Rapids. Those would be my five. Are there any? I Those are the five that I think hit my criteria, which after all this arguing for the last 40 minutes might be really what we're differing on here. My criteria is using motion to project a story or a theme or an immersion or all that stuff. Well, and I think the, not and I think those by, five by things do it better uh, than anything else. I think the breathing banshee uh, you're you're, you're you forced feel... into the, you're forced into the the thing through the virtual reality set. All right. The breath of the banshee is a a small component in it is not the driving force. No, but it really provides immersion. It provides one in a long list of things that are immersive in that ride, including the movement of it and the way you think you feel the wings flapping and stuff like that. Uh, it's just one thing. You picked out one thing in a list of many that all contribute to that when there's really only that going backwards part of Everest that takes your breath away and gives you that sense of anxiety. And the same thing can be said well, about first. And the same thing can be said about the winged encounters. It's a cute little bird show until they fly over your head and then that finishes it off. And Again, really makes it. You want I don't to think it match 1 through 4 on my list. I'm fine with I that. I think the banshees are cool. They they probably should be on the list. Uh, <laughs> and I think the same of the rolling bugs under your feet under your butt too. They should be on the list. I just think they're just one small use of the tactic within many more of this, and certainly not in my mind to be the most important one. That's to, where I'm to saying. To me, I think maybe part of the disconnect between you and I, and those, particularly on those two things, the breathing banshees and the rollerball, uh, the tough to be a bug one, is the you. I, I gave it maybe more extra credit, for lack of a better term, because of the uniqueness of it. Well, right. Some of the other things we talked about, like the train, uh, there are trains, in, you know, in Magic Kingdom, there's trains in whatever. Sure. But the uniqueness of the the, the ingenuity of using that stupid little ball thing to to make you feel like <laughs> bugs are walking under you, or the you know just the the thought to have the banshees breathing was very creative, and very much helped with the immersion of that particular attraction. So I gave it a little okay. bit more props for that. I think so. My I think that. Um... I don't disagree, and I think they're both very similar in the reason why I don't particularly rate them, that that one use of motion as being high. I think if you want to use the greater, uh, you know, the attraction uses motion in 
a way to tell its story is in itself a different thing. But um, for just this one particular thing, I think they're very they're they're a good example of each other because the breathing of the banshee is just one in this menu of things that that kind of tries to manipulate motion. And the same with the ball with the bugs coming out. You've had a few of these things. You've been poked in the back. You've been had stuff hit you in the All face, right. including water and stuff like that. So by the time you get to that, I could have done the stinging wasps. You're you're kind of ready for it. That's all I mean. That's that's the point I'm point I'm trying to say. When you're not ready the first time for going backwards on this thing, mm. and it just it just it just blows Was you. Is there away. anything that's why that I'm right? You would have included on the list that I did not include. Um, did you have anything uh, that you didn't that I missed? Again, I think the only the only. Um, <clears throat> Difference. the the only The only changes I would make would be things like uh, little changes in how they do certain stuff. Like, would you put the tumble monkeys on the list? I would probably put the tumble monkeys on the list. I probably wouldn't put the rickety bridge and the safari on the list because okay. it just doesn't work yeah, enough, enough anymore. Uh, but yet, I would maybe do you know. A, uh, is there another use of motion in the in the truck? Another you know. Uh, I mean, it used to Not be really. so many of them when you were more, pursuing yeah. the. The poachers and all that water, stuff right, is gone, go you know. Water, yeah, all that stuff. I mean, there's not a lot. These are this is pretty much the biggest use of them. Um, there may be one or two I would use in the in the um, flights of wonder show. That, Anything of rivers of light that might be considered. Rivers of light might have certainly has motion as part of it. Um, but again, it's one of those things where there's not one. What you're doing here is you're grabbing that one thing of one Everest right. that stands the out. One moment, right? Right, that one moment of the macaws going over your head, yeah, or the whatever. rickety bridge falling down when sure. it worked. Um, sure, it was. It was very much yeah. That. The other ones like flights of wonder and 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 rivers of light. I think there's just so many of them that there isn't that one thing that kind of makes the list that makes you go wow. You know, <laughs> that's how I would say it. Um, and I think that's the mistake you made with the roller balls and the breathing banshees. They're just <laughs> one thing. There's not. It's not the one moment that makes you go crazy. Although, you're not alone with the breathing banshees. People are really impressed by by that. Again, it's not a technological mar- marvel, but it is a neat no. use of motion to help you immerse you into the story. Okay. Is that it? That's it. Okay. Anything else I got to remember? Uh, t-shirts. T-shirts. Yeah, we're, we're t-shirts. still donating money to the Australian. Uh, wildfire uh, fund at WWF. Yes, um, and we we're going to. We're, I'm waiting for this month's to be finished before we make a. I think the best single um, donation we've made. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be the biggest single donation we've made. Um, you know, I mean, we're only talking a hundred dollars, but <laughs> but all the money we make off everything we've ever sold goes straight to it, and we do a different one. You know, I, I make a couple as the year goes on. Uh, but this is going to be the biggest one mm-hmm. that we set aside for the for what we wanted to do. So you guys came through, and Raising Las Vegas certainly came through with these designs for these T-shirts. And we got more in the holster. There's more yeah. coming later on this year. Where we probably will come up with another you know fund to to sort of help. <laughs> so check out the link in the show notes for that. Uh, you can go to any of our our um, social media pages, and you'll find the links there. I'm on Twitter at. Radio Harambe, but you don't want me because I'm hardly ever on there. You want Mike, you find him at Jumbo Everyone. Instagram, we are actually Disney's Animal Kingdom on Instagram, and you'll find the link in our bio there uh, for the t-shirts. And Jumbo Everyone on Facebook. So go find us there and like us, talk to us. And if you have any uh, questions or any comments, you want to email directly to us, Jumbo Everyone at gmail.com. 
For Safari Mike, I'm Dave McBride. Quaharini, go well. And thank you for listening to Radio Harambe. <laughs> Now, who took up? I'm